Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It's the Oz Network, and we're here to begin a full month of Christmas movie recaps of Christmas movie recaps. Uh, that's right, we guarantee at least 5% or less new content this entire month, uh, as we're going to be going back in time, going over all of our movie recaps we've done for Christmas films in years past in the Oz Network, uh, starting off with the, the first three films we ever covered for Christmas month, all the way back from 2017 when we did the Santa Claus trilogy, the Disney Tim Allen original trilogy that now has a spinoff. So perfect timing uh, as the the Santa Clauses TV series is currently airing, uh, which you're going to hear throughout the course of these recaps of recaps. Some of the clips where we actually talk about certain things that we thought maybe these are plot holes that if you're watching the Santa Claus's TV show are currently already being addressed and answered, but just going through and editing all this. I mean, there's so much uh, hilarious content as we're comedic geniuses, uh, as we covered the original Santa Claus movie, which Ben and I both hold as maybe the greatest Christmas movie of all time. We also cover some good and some bad from the Santa Claus two, uh, as well as mostly bad and a lot of love for Martin short in the Santa Claus three. And just a warning, which is probably going to have to go for several episodes this month. These are family films, not necessarily going to be family content out here. We do have a lot of anger towards some of the child actors throughout this entire trilogy here. We talk about the infamous deleted 1-800-SPANK-ME scene, which uh, was once upon a time in the theatrical release, in the home video release, and now is gone from Disney+. And lots of other hilarity and debates and mostly anger towards child actors. Uh, but here it is, week one of our Christmas movie recaps best of the Santa Claus trilogy. <laughs> My name is Ben, and just like the Coco in this movie, this podcast will take 1,200 years to perfect. And my name is Colin, and remember, kids, nothing's more painful than third-degree burns. I think I I never saw this at the cinemas, but I'm pretty sure I remember sort of, you know, this coming out on VHS uh, and watching it pretty much the first Christmas after. So, like, you know, 95, I would have been, what, eight? Um... And because I think kind of, I know you're obviously a, a mad Tim Allen fan and loved Home Improvement. I, I watched uh, Home Improvement growing up, of course, with my dad. Um, there was sort of an ongoing joke in my family that uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor was like the same as my dad because, you know, my dad was a painter, <laughs> kind of did some Home Improvement stuff. So, like, my dad used to be all like, eh? <laughs> like, you know, just, you know. <laughs> That's the way he grunts. <laughs> I can't do a Tim Allen grunt. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know how he goes? The Tim Allen grunt. <laughs> it's kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> Insert I, I've watched enough. I'm correct here. Um, so yeah, I think that kind oh, of where it came oh, of a, oh, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just it, it became a Christmas Eve tradition for me, and um, yeah, I mean that's kind of really my history with it. Uh, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot more sort of to add. I I do admit I have trouble spelling Santa Claus because I'll always add an e to the end of it because I'm so <laughs> just used to this one having seen it. But anyway, I'm rabbiting. That's my history. <laughs> You kind of mentioned, I mean, I'm a massive Tim Allen fan. And I think if you grew up in the 90s, you you probably, if, at least if you're a boy, you loved Home Improvement. And I don't know if it was something for me because, you know, my dad died when I was only eight. So uh, I always told people that Tim Allen was my male role model growing up. And <laughs> it's funny, there's a lot of areas of my life where I could actually see that, you know, Tim Allen was like my father figure. And I, I took influence from even that TV show. So, I mean, that TV show is like very important to me. Uh, I didn't see it opening weekend. I remember uh, I had one friend who also was like a huge Tim Allen fan, and we were desperate to see this movie. We didn't go the opening weekend. I think we went the second or third weekend. And 
Uh, I mentioned I had a funny story about seeing this opening night. Uh, so we show up at the theater. It was Portage Place uh, Cinemas d- downtown Winnipeg, and um, it was basically a third floor. And there was like uh, um, this uh, railing that went all around the, the whole third floor, and you could look down into the main lobby. And we get there, and we're like, the lineup is going all the way around the third floor. And we're like, is it this crazy for the Santa Claus? The thing's been out for a week or two, you know? And we see, like, this table, and they've got, like, you know, people signing autographs and everything. We're thinking, like, well, what does this have to do with the Santa Claus? Is one of the actors here? Then we see people, like, dressed in Star Trek costumes. We realize Star Trek Generations came out that day. (laughs) So we're standing in line for 45 minutes, you know, the opening of, you know, a Star Trek movie, which, I mean, Star Trek is even bigger in Canada than it is in America. But this was, like, you know, combining Next Generation with – so you had William Shatner and Patrick Stewart in a movie together – so it was a huge deal when it came out. And I remember us standing in line and we were legitimately asking people in line, you know, these these two, I think we were 13 when it came out, two 13-year-old boys were like, which movie are you going to see? And they're looking at us funny. They're like, Star Trek, of course. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, us too. And then <laughs> we go through the entire line and every t- time we see a person, oh, you're here to see Star Trek? It's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see Picard. <laughs> and we get to the front of the line and we under our breath, like, two for the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> duck through the shadows into the theater hoping none of these Star Trek fans were going to beat us up or something. Judge Reinhold, oh, what a man, what a mighty fine man, getting uh, arrested recently, <laughs> but um, <laughs> when, when have the words ever been uttered on a podcast recently of, I love Judge Reinhold. Uh, <laughs> it should be more often. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, of course, um, I remember he was in a random TV I'm- movie, um, it was like about a car that like couldn't stop or something, Um Oh, Runaway Car. That's what it was called. Uh, pretty, pretty standard. <laughs> this, 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 that totally just sounded like that Simpsons episode where Homer's like, it was about a bus that speed couldn't drop below the speed 50 or else the bus would explode. I think it was called the bus that couldn't slow down. Um, yeah, I can see the, the car that couldn't stop. <laughs> but like legitimately there's a movie called Runaway Car. I remember they always play it here and I recorded it once because I realised it was a TV movie. Um it was so over the top and bad. Uh, I mean, legitimately, the synopsis, a nurse apprentice who had a bad day at work meets a computer programmer at a car garage. The, the man, he's urged to go somewhere, but his car is not ready yet, so the nurse offers him a ride. Be- a ride. Before leaving, the man, they must pick up the nurse's baby nephew. Once on the street, they almost run over a young man. Not knowing if he's hurt, they pick up the man too, but the worst luck begins when the car breaks, break down. The brakes of the car break down. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Runaway car coming soon to the Oz I Network. Think the movie was called "Your Nephew Killed My Car." <laughs> um, any other Judge Reinhold phantom moments for you? I'm starting on Beverly Hills Cop yeah, and well, Runaway Car. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, prior to that, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and um, I didn't even realize he was in Gremlins. Or if he did, I, I forgot he was in Gremlins here, uh, but. It's funny because, you know, we talked recently uh, when we were talking about both Star Wars and Jurassic Park about how, you know, it's cool to like this person. It's not cool. Like it was cool to like Ian Malcolm, but not necessarily cool to like Alan Grant. Cool to like Han Solo, not cool like Luke Skywalker. I felt like growing up, I was like uncool because I liked Judge Reinhold because of these (laughs) movies. Because it's not like, you know, most people, at least young people watching these movies, are going to see Neil and then be like, this guy's awesome. But I mean, I just had this appreciation for just him being such a dud and playing it so well. <laughs> and I can remember, you know, as I got older and seeing some of those other movies like Beverly Hills Cop and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and I'd be like, Judge Reinhold's in this. And, you know, my mom would look at me like, what did I raise you to be? <laughs> You're better than this. <laughs> I want Jamie on this episode to, like, find a movie when he's been shirtless. To be all like, oh, Judge Reinhold, yeah, <laughs> sexy. Um, well, yeah, we'll get into some of Jamie's comments on this movie. <laughs> there, there is nobody who is free from uh, Jamie's um, uh, objectifying. Oh, what, is she <laughs> like finding Tim Allen's man boobs hot in this film? Um, uh, we'll, we'll get that. <laughs> um 
Judge Reinhold. Oh, what a man. What a mighty fine man getting uh, arrested recently. <laughs> but um, <laughs> when, when have the words ever been uttered on a podcast recently of, I love Judge Reinhold. Uh, <laughs> it should be more often. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, of course. Um, I remember he was in a random TV movie. Um, it was like about a car that like couldn't stop or something. Um, oh, runaway car. That's what it was called. Uh, pretty, pretty standard. <laughs> this, this, that totally just sounded like that Simpsons episode where Homer's like, it was about a bus that speed couldn't drop below the speed 50 or else the bus would explode. I think it was called the bus that couldn't slow down. Um, yeah, I can see that. The car that couldn't stop. <laughs> but, like, legitimately, there's a movie called Runaway Car. I remember they always play it here, and I recorded it once because I realised it was a TV movie. Um, it was so over the top and bad. Uh, I mean, legitimately, the synopsis. A nurse apprentice who had a bad day at work meets a computer programmer at a car garage. The, the man, he's urged to go somewhere, but his car is not ready yet, so the nurse offers him a ride. Be- a ride. Before leaving the man, they must pick up the nurse's baby nephew. Once on the street, they almost run over a young man. Not knowing if he's hurt, they pick up the man too, but the worst luck begins when the car breaks, break down. The brakes of the car break down. There we go. Uh, <laughs> runaway car coming soon to the Oz I Network. Think the movie was called <laughs> Your Nephew Killed My Car. <laughs> um, any other Judge Reinhold phantom moments for you? I've signed him on Beverly Hills Cop yeah, well, and Runaway Car. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, prior to that, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and um, I didn't even realize he was in Gremlins. Or if he did, I, I forgot he was in Gremlins here. Uh, but it's funny because, you know, we talked recently uh, when we were talking about both Star Wars and Jurassic Park about how, you know, it's cool to like this person. It's not cool. Like, it was cool to like Ian Malcolm, but not necessarily cool to like Alan Grant. Cool to like Han Solo, not cool to like Luke Skywalker. I felt like growing up, I was, like, uncool because I liked Judge Reinhold because of these <laughs> movies. Because it's not like, you know... Most people, at least young people watching these movies, are going to see Neil and they're be like, this guy's awesome. But, I mean, I just had this appreciation for just him being such a dud and playing it so well. <laughs> and I can remember, you know, as I got older and seeing some of those other movies like Beverly Hills Cop and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I'd be like, Judge Reinhold's in this. And, you know, my mom would look at me like, what did I raise you to be? <laughs> You're better than this. <laughs> I want Jamie on this episode to, like, find a movie when he's been shirtless. To be all like, oh, Judge Reinhold, yeah, <laughs> sexy. Um, well, yeah, we'll get into some of Jamie's comments on this movie. <laughs> there, there is nobody who is free from uh, Jamie's um, uh, objectifying. Oh, what, is she <laughs> like finding Tim Allen's man boobs hot in this film? Um, uh, we'll, we'll get that. Um <laughs> There is a scene we forgot to talk about, which I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. Uh, did you know about the spank me line? Oh, that was originally in this movie? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've read about it a few times on the trivia, but the, the don't you burp me, don't you change me. And, like, doesn't she, yeah, like, add, like, the 1-800-spank-me no. number or something, no? No, it's actually completely different than that. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> it's not in the movie. <laughs> Oh, well. Ben's twisted fantasy of a doll that says, spank me, please spank me. <laughs> you can tell what t- type of dolls I buy, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> when you're single no, for a certain amount of time, you've got to resort to other ways, all this right? This is coming up more and more every week, Ben. We're really concerned about you. You're, you're into the sexy horses, <laughs> and you got your spank me dolls. We really, I think Jamie and I need to do an episode together. Just like, I listened to a bunch of your episodes, and she's a sick girl, too. I'm not a sick girl. But, <laughs> well. Oh, it's begun. Okay. <laughs> no, the, when when uh, Scott's arguing with, um, what's her name? The wife. Um, Laura. Wendy Crewson. Why do I want to call her Karen? I don't know. <laughs> Karen sounds like Laura. a fairly standard name, sure. It's- I don't know. When they're arguing in the kitchen and uh, she mentions something about uh, Neil, uh, like calling Neil's 
uh, line or something like that. And Scott says, oh, is that 1-800-SPANK-ME or something along those lines? And it's funny because I read that in the trivia today, and I'm like, that can't be real because apparently this line was in the movie in the theatrical release, and for a few years afterwards, it was on VHS releases, and then Disney started receiving complaints from parents saying, my kids are trying to dial this 1-800-SPANK-ME number because they saw it in the Santa Claus. And Disney has taken it out of every future version of the movie. Now, I thought, I don't remember ever seeing this. I watched the clip on YouTube, which you can still see, and I'm like, I completely remember that joke, and I remember it well enough where it's like, you know, I would laugh every time I saw this movie for the first few years. But it's been so long since any version had that where it completely slipped my mind. I love when shows kind of, and movies will keep things in that, I mean, like, this is obviously an obvious mistake by Disney, but just a random thing, like, you know, I think on, like, 24, they would have, instead of using a 555 number, they would actually randomly every now and then use, like, an actual phone number. So the fans would ring the number up, and it was, like, the 24 fan phone, where, like, on certain days, they would legitimately have cast members there, like, waiting for fans to see if they would ring it. So, like, one day, Keith Sutherland answered the phone, and, like, we'll talk to the fans. Um, and you know, like Dennis Haysbert would do it. So like, that's kind of a thing that some shows will do. Like, it's just a real like blink and you miss it thing. So clearly Disney did it deliberately because they had like a partnership with the 1-800-SPANK-ME-SEX line. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we know anything about Disney in the early 90s, it's not that (laughs) far-fetched. So anyway, so this guy in a Santa suit falls off the roof. It's Santa. Uh, kind of, he goes up to him and he sort of like kicks him and he's like, hey, hey buddy. And he's like, oh, um, you should just stay still. Uh, and he's just kind of like, hmm, what the hell? And Charlie comes outside. It is too, Santa. You killed him. <laughs> Did not. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just want to say with this scene, because I kind of, as they're sort of talking and like, oh, I've got to work this out. We kind of see like the hand waving and then obviously he disappears because, you know, then the suit's empty. <laughs> Okay, love this movie to bits, but we, I think we kind of need to, like, as a Disney movie, we're going to suspend our belief. It's a magical movie. Fantastic. Great. But this is the Oz Network. We're going to pick apart things about what's realistic and what's not. Now, like, there's so many moments in this movie, like that little dick kid at the school thing. It's like, so if I want to be Santa when I'm older, all I've got to do is push you off yeah. the roof. Like, let's be <laughs> honest here. Okay, so this is Santa. Everyone loves Santa. And all he has done is just being startled on a roof, fallen down. Somebody reads his card, and then that's him. He's out of the job. So, like, later on, like, tonight, when we're going to fly back... He's out of the job. He's out of life. (laughs) Well, exactly. So, like, he flies back (laughs) to the North Pole, and then all, like, the elves are kind of like, yay, Santa's back. Are they not like, where's the other Santa? We loved him. He's been doing this for 30 years. Like, it's kind of like... Yeah, I got something good on They just don't give a (laughs) shit. (laughs) (laughs) Can I read something here? Please do. Um, Again, just snooping through IMDb before uh, we started this here. If you look at FAQs under the Santa Claus page, and this is why I hate This almost feels like Wikipedia, like anybody can just edit this. Why didn't the elves seem to care that the old Santa was dead? It's a valid question. But this is the explanation. If you were watching closely, you might have noticed the old Santa waving to Scott when he picks up Santa's ID card and walks away. The old Santa wasn't dead. He was simply transferring the job to a new Santa. Undoubtedly, the elves knew all about it. Their job wasn't to mourn the old Santa, but to whip the new Santa into shape. What? That's a legitimate explanation. The IMDb FAQs page. That is like the dumbest thing. So they're basically saying so that like in the future, if Tim Allen falls off a roof, and again, like I haven't, I've only seen the second one once, and I've never seen the third one. So like, correct me if any of this is maybe explained later on. But like, if Tim Allen in you know ten years time falls off the roof, they but they love this guy. Like he's brought in his son. They've got the cookie cocoa dispenser and fucking all this other great new shit that they've never had before. Um, like, do they just have like a red light that goes off at the North Pole? Oh shit, San! Oh no. No, he's gone. Oh, well, new one. Let's get excited. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and who's to say if Santa dies, somebody's there? Like, what if Santa just fell out of the sleigh and he dropped in the middle of the Pacific? I mean, who's going to find him? <laughs> like the scene when he's, like, in the sleigh later on. He's like, Charlie thinks he's fallen out of the sleigh and he's, like, you know, getting it on with a puppy. 
Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I guess kind of the point is, is that he reads the card because that's obviously when he accepts the clause, the clause. So other Santa dies before somebody reads the card. What happens? But then even on the flip side of that. So like if Tim Allen is like, fuck Santa, I just, I don't want to be this. Um, you know, Neil, read this card for me. Like, <laughs> 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 well, is that all he has to do to get out of being the Santa Claus? And even if like legitimately he's killed this guy, Scott Calvin's a murderer and he just like killed a kid. Was well, not, yeah. you know, murdered him, I guess. It's probably more manslaughter. But like, you know, <laughs> like, like, can we just logically think about how this probably would really play out in real life? Because like Charlie kind of adds the dickery here to kind of guilt trip his poor old dad into doing everything from this point. So like, this is where he needs to like be put his foot down and be like, no, Charlie, 911. Yes, a man just fell off my roof. I yeah, think he exactly. was trying to break into my house. Can you come here, please? <laughs> and then random Sergeant Jenkins picks up the suit and reads it and he's the Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> the coroner. Like, it's just <laughs> he's going through he's giving him his, his he's embalming him later on. It's like, what's this card here? He who wears the suit. <laughs> CSI Chicago. It's kind of like just a spin-off episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, David Caruso ends up as Santa Claus. He who wears a suit puts on his sunglasses. So it should happen to me. Puts on the sunglasses. Put on the suit. Uh, reindeer will know what to do. <laughs> There's one really funny moment. Like you want to talk about some of the, the really funny, subtle Tim Allen lines here you know when he's trying to figure it out you mentioned when he's like guy on the roof reindeer on the roof he goes guy falls off the roof and he's like not my fault <laughs> he's immediately going into his lawyer mode here it's like i didn't do anything so what does he do now that he's basically mounting his defense he picks up the evidence of the body that was there and he removes it from the scene of the crime before it said anything like it's not like Charlie's like, you got to put on the suit he goes okay let me just grab this suit and meet you up on the roof there charlie <laughs> like and here's the, the the whole theory that FAQs on IMDb that Santa didn't die. He was retiring. So there is a Santa Claus roaming around Chicago, Illinois, naked right now <laughs> because the suit is left there. Where's, where's his story? Mistaken. Where's his Rogue One, like, you know, movie in between <laughs> Santa Claus 1 and 2? John Goodman rolling yeah. the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but it almost would make sense, though, like... Obviously, that doesn't hold up when you you compare it to you know what's in this movie. It almost would make sense though that the Santa would retire. Now, why he would feel he has to throw himself off the roof to retire, I don't know. <laughs> but like, if Santa can never age, then how does he die? How does a fall? Kill him? How does a fall into a giant fluffy pile of snow kill him too? And he's got all that padding on him. I mean, this is a fat guy, you know. Let's let's Hi. let's let's <laughs> let's talk about the fat people some more. <laughs> Those fat people can't be hurt. <laughs> Like giant marshmallows. Okay? Shut up, I'm eating a cheeseburger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I miss cheeseburgers. Oh, sorry, continue. I'm on a diet uh, right now. It sucks. Yeah, so maybe is Santa retired? Is Santa killed by Tim Allen? Or is this suicidal Santa, too? Because he seems well prepared when he gives goodbye. Allah Akbar. So let's throw another story <laughs> Yeah, let's throw another theory out there. This is Suicide Bomber, Suicide Diver. Uh, Santa Claus here. <laughs> He's had enough of Bernard. And here's the other thing, okay? We find out in Santa Claus 2 that Santa needs a wife. So whatever happened to Mrs. Claus from this guy? Um, I mean, like, was that was Kate from Lost? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking she's evicted from the North Pole. You know, maybe she gets a widower's pension and she's living somewhere in, like, Decatur, Illinois now. <laughs> There's a revenge movie in here, like Mrs. Claus, yeah, exactly. like going up to Tim Allen, it's like you took my husband's job. I'm homeless now. I do like all the ones in there with, uh, you know, the the fire suit, and then what if I fall off the roof? Which I always here's something I always found funny. I don't know if Tim Allen had a dialect coach here because when you watch Home Improvement, it must be you know from whatever region he's from. Um, I think he's originally from Colorado or something like that, but then moved to Michigan. Could be one of those. On Home Improvement, you always pronounce it roof, which roof. I've heard other Americans pronounce that, but then I hear some Americans pronounce it the way that you know we do here in Canada, which is roof. In this movie, he's pronouncing it as roof, but every other time, Home Improvement or anything else, Tim Allen's always like, roof, what if I fall off the roof? And <laughs> it's just it's it sounds weird to me, and this is probably... 
you know, the one time where a lot of people listening to this in America are going to be like, a Canadian is making fun of my accent. You know? <laughs> uh, but it's it, it, here he says it, roof, which uh, I like. So uh, roof must be the proper way. How would you pronounce it? Roof or rough? Roof. Uh, there rough. you go. Isn't what rough what a dog makes? Isn't that the sound they make? I know. And yet I've heard not only just Tim Allen, but other people in America pronounce it the rough. Rough. No, I've never heard. Yeah, that's interesting. That's kind of like one of those little well, things they, where, like, you would say, um, like, you know, our Lost rewatches when they keep saying instead of Aaron, they're saying Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. Uh, and you say, like, uh, instead of Daniel Craig, you usually say, like, Daniel Craig. And it's like, yeah, isn't it Craig. Daniel Craig? <laughs> well, it sounded like you just said the same thing there. So I don't know what you're talking about. Craig? That sounds like Craig. <laughs> I mean, do, do I say it as Craig or Craig? Because I think it's Craig. Uh, it kind of sounds like to us you're saying Craig, but when you say it slower, it sounds like Craig, Craig. <laughs> We're just hitting each other's accents now. <laughs> potato, How do you potato. say Pierre Noel? Pierre. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, like, you're like Pierre Noel. <laughs> what does he say? Like, ho ho, Jivo. <laughs> also, I don't understand why Karen's on the other side of the line here. They're not Karen. <laughs> Karen? Who's Karen? Karen is every little bit. This Karen is the new Adam. It's Adam and Karen. If you don't know what it is, um, Judy. Karen. Judy. Oh, Judy. All oh, right, Judy. Yeah, it's okay. Like your two-way radio straight to Judy. What the girl who works in the kitchen? What's she gonna do if there's an emergency to get arrested? <laughs> the short staff that Judy, night, Colin. Judy. She's tra- she's training uh, combat ops. Send <laughs> yeah, like, over. Send over. So- Defcon three. <laughs> Somebody's choking me. They're trying to throw me off the roof. <laughs> Hold on, Santa. I got a cocoa delivery in the East Wing. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> What's she going to do for him? <laughs> they should be going straight to ELFs because those guys are efficient. <laughs> we get ELFS deployed. I hate this. Like, I love this movie. But this is because whoever this kid is, the main one. This is one of those little shit kid actors that just gives me the shits. Like, they just overact, and it's like, L. We agree. With attitude. Like, and then, look, I'm going to be... This is a horrible thing to say, and I apologize in advance. Is this a boy or a girl? It's a boy. Actually. Okay, all right. I've never known. Like, I've just... Like, <laughs> some moments they look like a girl, the other they look like a boy. All right? Like, I don't know, like, what it is. But this kid just gives me the shits. Like, we, we feel that, like, we can get in places further if we can fly. Uh, tinsel, it's not just for decoration. Like, shut up! Oh, yeah, he's really annoying. <laughs> like, uh, really annoying. ELFs I can forgive, <laughs> but I don't like it. Like, especially this, I think it's just the kid. The idea would be fine because we already mentioned, you know, that we like the fact that uh, this movie is kind of taking all the Santa mythology and then updating it as if, if this were realistically 1994, you know, you, you Santa would say, hey, fax me your list. And, yeah. uh, you know, there would be, you know, some electronics uh, on the dashboard of his sleigh and flame retardant suits and stuff like that. Um, the ELFS makes sense and I like the gimmick. But the kid just ruins it. I'm not going to say all the kid, the kid, Mr. <laughs> Kenny Vadis here. Kenny Vadis, whoever you are, just do us a favor and drop dead, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, can we re-edit this movie and put him like in that fr- flame retardant suit? But it's like test one and yeah, it doesn't exactly. work. So like, I'm happy that he's dying. Colin's happy that he's getting burnt to death. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just every line he has. Just, I'm so glad you said that because I, for years, I wouldn't even bring it up because I remember growing up, I would often say that like man this is an annoying little kid oh what an ugly child and people would look at me you know like <laughs> i just you know like uh, like i don't know uh, peed all over uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna say what i think where i was gonna say with that because i don't want to get in ben territory here but oh thanks but <laughs> but like because if you just did like something completely revolting and inappropriate you know you you, you whipped it for, out in front of the queen of england or something i don't know <laughs> I always what wanted to say. What the hell is say, this kid doing? Like, hi, Queenie, look at this. <laughs> no, I'm not saying Kenny Vadis is whipping it out in front of the Queen of England. Who is? I'm saying it's like, 
I, I'm I'm saying <laughs> totally not following what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> like the fact if I would say, oh, what an ugly child, what an annoying kid, people would look at me as if I just whipped it out in front of the Queen of England. Like oh. that. you don't do that. <laughs> I thought you said like you wanted him to like go to the Queen and be like, sup, Lizzie, yeah. look at this, look at my sh- look at my dog. Really- <laughs> We had to work. The whole reason for this rant was to work the word dong into every episode. And Kenny Vadas has a little dong. Let's be honest. It hasn't grown yes, since this movie. <laughs> if he even has one, because some people still think he's a girl, apparently. Well, look, he's, he's a bit of both, all right? Like, he's got both. <laughs> he's interchangeable. He's like a transformer. This is what happens when we cover a Disney movie. We get more inappropriate than any other episode we've ever done. I just um, Can I just really interrupt you and just say, I love a Kenny Vadas' Wikipedia page. It says, he acted in several made-for-television movies and he's famous for his role as the ELF's second-in-command lead in the Disney blockbuster Santa Claus with Tim Allen, in which he saves Santa and his son Charlie and is quoted frequently for his line in the movie, where your worst nightmare, elves with attitude. Like, what? Like, what does uh, it say in Wikipedia? Like, no one says that. Can we find the Santa Claus quotes Twitter page that you found. Oh yes, yes. Just scroll down and find one Kenny Vadis line here, just one. And then all we want you to do, we'll just we'll encourage everybody to find that one tweet and just I don't know, spam whoever wrote it. Like do like gifts of white people vomiting. Yeah, or somebody whipping up in front of the Queen of England, like just something really inappropriate. But anyways, like I always wanted to be like this kid is so annoying, and you're the first person I've heard say that. It's almost like. I suddenly don't have to feel ashamed that I have hatred for a child anymore. <laughs> Welcome to the Oz Network. We're just going to bash on children for the next 20 minutes. But seriously, every line he has, like, elves with attitude, you know, tinsel, not just or whatever. It's just, oh, just smack the kid. Or <laughs> like, child abuse is not on. But for this kid, no. it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Yes. <laughs> I found it. They tweeted on December the 9th, the Santa Claus, at Santa Claus 1994, where your worst nightmare, elves, with attitude. And two people have replied, Andrea R. at RiotGirl1160. One of my favourite lines and scenes in the movie, followed by sequel rights at sequel rights, classic ELFS intimidation tactics 101. What? Okay. This is not quite to the extent of the Odds Network hijacks Joan Allen's Twitter page to announce she has a large dong. But, Ben, you need to send a drop-dead tweet to these people, <laughs> including that quote. All right, what, 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 what am I just, am I just replying with, oh, drop-dead. Yeah. <laughs> with a, with like drop a... Drop-dead, take Vadis with you. <laughs> okay, hang on. Oh, drop-dead, and take Kenny Vadis... <laughs> With you, and I'm going to put, like, a gif of someone vomiting. Yes! <laughs> uh, which which I found plenty. Uh, <laughs> My name is Colin, and I'm a man of many sides. I'm a puzzle. I'm a Rubik's Cube with pants. And my name is Ben, and you're 900 years old. Grow up. Curtis is the problem of this movie because he fucks everything up, all right? He tells Santa 28 days before he's got to get married, oh, by the way, you've got to get married. He then creates this machine, which, as you were saying, like, is basically making all these elves' jobs obsolete. So, like, you know, they're just slaving away for all this kind of things and that sort of stuff. His idea is to come up with a fake Santa so the real Santa can go back home and get a wife. Now, look, Curtis, if you had have told him earlier... Remember the first film, when Santa died, he then went back and he wasn't needed at Thanksgiving. So there's 11 months of the year you don't even need Santa at the North Pole. So if you had told him on, like, Boxing Day, oh, guess what, we're into the last year of your contract, you need to find Mrs. Claus or you're it, then he had 11 months to find it. You don't need to create fake Santa, who then doesn't turn into, like, Nazi Santa and create the Gestapo. So, like, Curtis is dumb. (laughs) Like, Curtis is dumb, dumb, dumb. He's a fuck-knuckle idiot. Because he creates all this unnecessary shit. I agree with you, but that's kind of what makes him a fun character in this. No, I mean, are we He should be fired. Why is he number two? He should be 250,000. Judy was better than she made Coco. It's the same thing go for Scott Calvin in the first one. Well, if he hadn't shoved Santa off the roof... 
and he hadn't committed abduction and stuff like that, nothing in the movie would have happened, and it would have been really hilarious. But it was an accident. He didn't go out there, like, it was manslaughter. We went over this. <laughs> it wasn't what murder. A in 900 years, okay? That's a mis- that's, that's an a accident. big mistake. Like, Hitler could have been, here you go, Hitler again. Like, Hitler was probably perfect until he started killing Jews. Like, I mean, God, one mistake in 40 years. Oh, <laughs> Can you believe the most heated debate we've had yet on the Oz Network is on Curtis the Elf from the Santa Claus 2? <laughs> Osama Bin Laden was a perfect gentleman. Oh, whoops, flew some planes in a building. One mistake in 60 years. Sorry about that, lol. All right. <laughs> Stupid Curtis. Um, Again, Curtis is just dumb. He's programmed this thing with all its memories. So what memories does secretly Scott Calvin have that he wants to, like, <laughs> Secretly run the Gestapo-style North Pole, and can we also? Well, you know, yes. Never in, never in my wildest dreams. Well, maybe in my wildest dreams. So yeah, there we're getting a clue as to the wildest dreams here of what Scott could do, the links he'd go to. And we have not mentioned him at all in this film. For shame, Colin Hilding, because he sucks, and I think we need to bag him out. Stupid Comet and the stupid talkingness of stupid (sighs) Comet. When is this a thing? Like, all he did yeah. was grunt. Are you growling at me? But now, yeah, exactly. He's like, <laughs> shut up. I remember when this movie came out, Roger Ebert, and I think he gave it a somewhat positive review, or at least had good things to say about it. And he basically said Comet is the new Jar Jar Binks, which I don't oh, he's get. Worse the Jar Jar, Jar, Binks. Jar Binks. Well, that's the thing, is that, I mean, I understand why some people would be annoyed with Jar Jar. I have never been that annoyed. Like, I'm like, okay, is did they go a little bit too far with Jar Jar at times? Yes, but it's not like if you hear him speak Jar Jar, once. Yeah, you know, like nobody hated Jar Jar until they saw the full movie and realized there's just way too much of him in it. When you saw Jar Jar in the it's not like the first time you heard Jar Jar in the trailers. You used to think a piece of all gonna die? People <laughs> actually liked Jar Jar. He made the cover of Rolling Stone magazine before the movie came out. So he wasn't annoying just like one line. If you hear Comet speak once, if you hear one time, I you're immediately like, just get somebody shoot this thing. Somebody Bambi mom this thing. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen Bambi. What happens to Bambi's mom? <laughs> what are you saying, Colin? Uh, old Yeller Comet behind the North Pole barn and put Chet in there because Chet is far less annoying than Comet is. And Lucy uh, and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do a random system here um i'm gonna i'm gonna bend to rank them uh so comment or chat uh do i have to <laughs> yes have to pick one i'm going with the santa claus one comet <laughs> that wasn't oh okay all right so you just picked comet because that's what i'm accepting uh lucy or curtis oh god um <laughs> This is like <laughs> you sounded. You sounded legitimately appalled there. This is like choosing if I like would be murdered or raped. Like, um, <laughs> this is like, would you rather Sarah Jessica Parker or <laughs> be Arthur? <laughs> be Arthur in a heartbeat. That's what I was going to say. The right answer is be Arthur. <laughs> um, oh, I'd go with Curtis just because I, it means I could probably like go around to his house at Christmas and like chat up Abigail Breslin. Okay, I'm with you there. Uh, <laughs> Lucy or Comet in this movie? Oh, Comet when he's fat so he can sit on Lucy and kill her. <laughs> so Lucy really is your most hated character in this movie. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, by default, yes. <laughs> I just I needed to know where the majority of your hatred is directed uh, as we continue on here. <laughs> But no, you're right. Comet, nothing about Comet works in this movie. Um, When Comet reappears at the end, I'm kind of wishing they just left him there to die. (laughs) Which is just dumb when he gets fat and, oh. (laughs) They were not editing anything out of this. I won't even tell you what. (laughs) No, I will tell you. (laughs) Ben just said Send me earlier the Thunder Down Under <laughs> of shirtless guys to send to my wife. And he's just photoshopped. He sent me a picture of Noah and then he photoshopped Noah's head on all the shirtless guys. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeted out with our episode. <laughs> 
I'm going to say that to Nala right now. <laughs> this is our last minute. Our Christmas week is. We have no time to edit out us pranking other hosts of the show. The funniest bit about it is what I can't remember what I said last. It was like an awkward pause. All of a sudden, you hear Colin just go, ah! Sounds like I completely lost it for no reason. Um, while we wait for Noah's reaction, this is Joan Allen has a large dog on Wikipedia all over again. <laughs> Noah says, I don't get it. <laughs> Just update everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Does it help? I just saw the picture again for the first time in 15 minutes. <laughs> um, back to the movie. I believe the Santa Claus 2 is a better love story than Titanic. You take oh the God. scene oh, where he I'm gives done. her the baby doll, and then, you know, he's talking about the thing in his stomach, and he's basically oh. talking about getting a Woody here. <laughs> Getting a butt, uh, getting a woody, uh, and he makes the mistletoe appear. It's a fantastic scene. Come on. Uh, I love this scene. You, you can't knock this one. Uh, well, I love this scene, but that's like me saying that the battle at the end of this is better than the battle at the end of A New Hope. Like, that's just well, a, a new dumb thing a to good say, Colin. Titanic is it, okay? Uh, that's just dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Let's that's just... the greatest hit to the end of this year. The dumb things that Colin Hilding said. But I love all three of these scenes together. This is the best section of the movie. And this is probably the main reason why I still say to this day, I love this movie. Iconic couples of 2002. Peter Parker and MJ. Anakin <laughs> and Padme. James Bond and Jinx. Santa oh. Claus. <laughs> and, um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm just sad. We, is there a deleted scene? I don't like sand. It's coarse. It's rough. It's irritating. Gets I don't like snow would be it in this yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that. I need a call. Oh, Santa Claus is true. It's a better love story than Titanic. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely true. I can find at least one person that agrees with me. Uh, I'm going to find I a can... list of the top five. 10 greatest romantic movies of all time, and Santa Claus 2 is not going to be on it. <laughs> I can find at least five people who agree with me. Most of them, Name are, them. Finland. They're all from Finland. Most of them are Finland, and you can't pronounce their names, but I'll find five of them, okay? Moving on. All right. I've literally, I've literally typed in greatest romantic movies of all time. It's come up with pictures. We've got When Harry Met Sally. I've never seen it. I don't, whatever. Pretty Woman. Sleepers in Seattle. Titanic. Number four. Fuck you and your stupid Santa Claus shit. That doesn't mean it's not a terrible movie, Ben. Why would okay, Colin. I was five and a half hours of my life in that movie, and you won't stop talking about it. Just let's move back. We're going to be... Oh, no, Titanic's going to be fuzz. I got Titanic on the brain. It's too late at night to be doing this, okay? Jesus, I've never heard Colin go off like this before. Wow. Yeah. I'm scared all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like the Canadian Hulk. When Lucy loses a tooth, she's a little bit too excited for a kid who knows she should be sleeping. Like, if it's Christmas and I lose a tooth... I'm just putting that thing in a glass until morning and not worrying about whether the, the tooth fairy shows up because I'm like, Santa brings me real presents, not a dollar. Uh, <laughs> I know he's not real, but just thought I'd get that out there. I got $2. Oh, my parents were cheap. It, uh, yeah, really inflation. Cheap. Can I just tell a cheap story about my dad? My dad made really good money. Uh, he wouldn't let us flush the toilet unless we took a dump. Like, <laughs> yeah, you could have every person in the house, like, do nothing but pee all day, and that bowl is filled to the, like, to the rim, yellow, and don't flush the toilet or somebody's taking a dump. And that's what, what she it? was, it, for water. The whole, um, if it's yellow, let it mellow, if it's brown, flush it down. Yeah, exactly. But, like, he made good money. <laughs> Like, why are we living... Did you have to pay for water? I never had to pay for water growing up. Well, we lived uh, out of of town, uh, like, outside of Winnipeg at this point. They would come with a water truck and fill you up however many times a year. So... Wow. That's really archaic. Yeah. I mean, it was actually a new town, but it's just... It was so small that there was no, like, developed, you know, water system there or anything. Um, (laughs) Wow. 
<laughs> you know, there's a thing called rain, right? Did, like did I also mention now. that, again, he had the same job, made good money, and just because he didn't like people, he lived two hours outside the city. We lived on a farm with no toilet in the house, and I would have to walk a few minutes to our outhouse when I was three years old in the middle of winter to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Oh, listen to the the whole terrible childhood of Colin Hildy. We had to drag 17 logs just to the letterbox <laughs> to pick up our Christmas cards from our grandmother <laughs> well, as a test. This was, but this wasn't even like, oh, this is the hardships of growing up. This is just, I had the world's cheapest dad and, and the world's most antisocial dad, apparently. we My mom had to take, we're talking about a well, not like a well you pump, but like a bucket on a string. And she would have to take well water and spend six hours <laughs> boiling it so she'd have enough to wash dishes and cook dinner. And this is because this is my like, dad didn't like people. It's like the 1800s or something. Like, how backwards is Canadian farmland? Like, Jesus. And, and again, he didn't have a farm. He wasn't farming crops. He worked as a social worker in the city and drove two hours each direction every day so that he wouldn't have to live around people, even though he chose to be a social worker and work with people. Now I'm getting worked up again. You want to hear another Moisture funny thing? Moisture farmer with blue milk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, drinking it right out of the nipple like in The Last Jedi. Oh, God. <laughs> don't. Just don't even mention that scene. Um, yeah, I mean, we lived so primitively that when we first moved into the small town that didn't have plumbing, my mom looked out the window the day we moved in and saw me peeing in the neighbor's yard as they were staring out their window at this strange kid. And she had to explain, we have toilets in the house now, Colin. <laughs> This, is, this explains you and your brothers pissing all over the Calvary yeah. logo in the flower bed. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, Whip it out. <laughs> Even in front of the Queen of England. <laughs> you are. You go to London. Jamie, look at that. The Queen. I'm going to piss. Whee! <laughs> but I just don't get this at all because she looks in and sees a bit of, like, lights and shit. Yeah. And then the next minute she's, oh, I love you, Scott. Let's get married. You know, like... We just logically understand that this woman is, you know, she's she's worked her way up through the system and she's become a principal of the most respected school in the district, she says at one point. Like, they've got the best students. Like, sure, she's a bit of a dictator, but she's obviously a good enough principal that they, they work hard enough. And she's just basically willing to give this all up over one night with Scott Calvin um, because otherwise Santa, like, she's so pressured into I know I'm jumping well ahead here. We think Scott Calvin's pressured in the first movie. It's literally like, oh, I've got, like, ten minutes to get married, otherwise Santa Claus isn't there and no kids get toys. Well, you want to marry me? (laughs) Look, we we know Curtis's reaction to Plastic Santa's dong. (sighs) Uh her curiosity's at least peaked enough that she's willing to commit to marriage, I'm saying that. Can't, like, like I mean, you know, I know it's 2002 and it wasn't legal, but can't Curtis just marry Santa? <laughs> like, I mean, you know... <laughs> Problem solved! This movie wasn't a dizzy movie and a little bit homophobic. Just freaking marry Bernard! You know? Like, done! <laughs> marry one of the little girl elves! Who's Judy. the new Judy in this yeah. movie? Forget the like, guy at rapping. Yeah. He's he's old news. <laughs> but, like, but this is a legitimate thing. Like, the little girl in this movie, but, oh, we can't have that because it looks like an old man's marrying. Like, that little girl gives me the shits at the end when she's, like, talking to I know I'm jumping well ahead here, but, like, who is she? But, like, just, <laughs> like she's meant to be 900 years old. It's not pedophilia. She's older than him. So, like, just marry the little elf. Done. This coming from a man who said, that's one sexy horse a few episodes ago. Well, I can't say she's sexy because the actress is like, hey, that's wrong. <laughs> pedophile, I'm a horsephile. Um, I, I will say this is a funny story. I think Jamie told me don't say it on the episode. It's not like she was saying it inappropriately. Say it, but say it, say it. <laughs> when Judy first appears in the first movie, Jamie's like, there's a sexy elf. And I'm like, I think the actress is like nine. Wow. Jamie's like, no, I'm saying I bet you like 10 years later she was a pretty sexy elf. Um, which I don't know, Ben, you can 900, she doesn't age. (laughs) (laughs) I think she was referring to, like, the actress, who would probably turn out to be... Oh, you know, I'm sure she probably did, but, like, that's, that's like, we had a TV show here where basically, uh, long story, but they they would talk about, like, being in grade 10 and going out with, like, a grade 7, like a 17-year-old going out with a 13-year-old, and like, oh, isn't that wrong? It's like, oh, yeah, but you can say they're hot, you can put them on lay-by. So then, like, there was, like, this thing, do you know what lay-by is? Like, lay-away, I guess? Um, so, like, people would, like, say this in, you know, look at a 13, you know, oh, that'll be hot one day, I'll put them on late. That's kind of inappropriate, people. 
like, yeah, I get it. You can sort of look and go, well, they're going to grow up. They're going to be a very attractive person. But you don't say it until they're, like, old. It's not like Jamie was preying on little girls. I mean, <laughs> we clearly know her type is the exact opposite. Big. Well, maybe she's, she's experimental. That works out for you. But anyway. <laughs> what, with little girls? No, like with grown-up girls. Get your that sick mind out of the gutter. The rest Still is good, though. Still have response from her from... The uh, the shirtless men. So I'm gonna send her the shirtless Noah picture to see if we get a response in the other room. <laughs> We're getting out on the episode. <laughs> I'm just gonna shut up and say my name is Ben. <laughs> and did you just accuse me of being skillful and delicious? Guilty as charged. <laughs> and my name is Colin. And this is what Canadians look like. <laughs> I was thinking you might say that one. Sorry for Jack Frost. And can I just point out, I'm going to say this right now, and I'm sorry if I offend, I'm not saying this. Jack Frost is so gay. Like, he is what? gay. <laughs> no! He's... I... I'm, I mean, he spends a good amount of time hitting on Anne Margaret in this movie. I, I don't know... If he was hitting on Spencer Breslin, maybe, or... Is he hitting on her, Michael or just Dork? going a bit to the point of being like, oh, you're fabulous, and, like, the things that he's... Just his mannerisms, and... <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it, I'm just saying, he's gay. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, see, all these people fighting for, you know, a uh, 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 lesbian, gay, bi character in the exactly. Star Wars universe. You don't have to, go back to the Santa Claus trilogy. They're, they're like, 100%, there you go, done. Um, Disney did it first in uh, Santa Claus 3. <laughs> um... Jack Frost getting aroused. Are we up to that part yet? If we're not, just let me speak about it anyways. <laughs> this we're is not, where go he's... ahead. <laughs> yeah, he meets the in-laws, and he's like, uh, you know, say it again. No, the part earlier, she's like, Jack Frost nipping. And, and he just gets, like, really turned on for some reason. That's why he's not gay. Unless he's, he's bisexual. Because there's a scene when he's with these two male elves where he's being too flirtatious with them. So he's definitely oh, which bi. Which part is that? Oh, when he sets fire. No, when he blows Frost into something. Like, he's blowing something because he's got excited for talking to these two elves. So, okay, he's well, bi. I'll rewatch this movie. In six years, when I get the courage up to do it again, he does and I'll musical theatre, and he's too flamboyant to be fully straight. Well, well, well Chris Pine was in the, uh, that Meryl Streep musical. Pierce Brosnan did a musical, but it's different because they were manly people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so Martin Short's not manly because he's Canadian, is what no, you're I'm saying. I'm saying Martin Short's not manly. I'm saying the <laughs> character of Jack Frost, like Martin Short, is Martin Short. Like he's awesome, whereas. Jack Frost yeah. is flamboyantly Jack Frost. He wants to give her a present, so he goes through the chimney and has a baby bag with a whatever the hell that is. A mo- mu- not a mural. Mobile. Mobile. Mural. Mobile. I'm going to say a monorail. <laughs> <laughs> monorail. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we have a scene with the elf doctor. Uh, actually, I've written here, how is he allowed to use magic? Does he have a magic watch that he can only use, like, eight bits of magic <laughs> oh. in the, the mobile here? That's different at the North Pole. Um, oh, yay, Curtis is back. Um, and for an elf that's not meant to age, he's aged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, should have made this movie sooner. Uh, whatever the director's name is, I've forgotten it already. Um, he's got really blue eyes. This time around, uh, Curtis, Spencer Breslin. Did you notice that, or...? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I tend to not stare deeply into Spencer Breslin's eyes when he's on screen. You talked about him enough in the last bloody movie. I thought you might have. Um, <laughs> so he's getting his attention. Uh, What's this whole stupid situation? He's like, help me, help you, help me, help you. It's like, it just goes on for two. This is a, fired, yeah. So much of this just drags on. It's just like back and forth and crap and I'm sure the children in the cinema are like Laha! like I'm sure you can show this a freaking Casper in two years and he'll fucking buy this and love it but like he's dumb because he's a baby um <laughs> sorry calling your son dumb can I, can I just I just want to say uh that's one of the most common things I actually say every time Casper tries to do something I know he can't do I'm like you can't do that you're too stupid still <laughs> okay good I'm allowed to call you baby dumb that's good um <laughs> 
So um, we find out that the there's going to be an emergency council meeting of the mythical figures um, in the kitchen. Mrs. Claus is grumpy. Can I just point out, like, I love Elizabeth Mitchell, but, like, why is she just so grumpy, this movie, with everything? She's been with him for how long? Why is this only catching up to her now? I get the whole, like, oh, I miss tall people. I want to go home for the holidays. But, like, you signed up for this! Like, you are clearly the single guy in this podcast and have never been around a pregnant woman. That That's the one thing I thought was pretty accurate in this movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole have you ever been to Canada parts of the way. Have you ever been to Canada? I've been to Rochester or whatever. It's like, <laughs> Rochester's a great place, but it's not Canada, is it? <laughs> this is what Canadians look like. Um, I feel like that humor actually plays better here in Canada too, just because... Canadians hate the perception that the world has of us where they a lot of people think, you know, Canada is people riding around on dog sleds or whatever. And all we do is eat bacon. And Jamie just said she does that. OK, thanks, Jamie. <laughs> other than Jamie, other than Jamie, most Canadians don't. She got so we hate the- credit on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Because she said in the background, I do. <laughs> um, but we hate the perception the world has of us because it's so inaccurate about Canadians. And funny enough, the A you had as a welcome to Canada, A would be one of the biggest problems Canadians would have because the word A isn't just something you throw in a sentence. It's in substitution of what Americans would say, you know, at the yeah. end of stuff. You know? Yeah. Like I just said, you know, there. So A is misused here, but they have things like the root sweater, which yes, I don't know if you have. I know, no, no, I, no, we don't have, but I know what it is because I I been to Roots when I've been to Canada. I think I bought a yeah. I think I bought a Roots jacket. I'm pretty sure I've got something Roots. I've got I got the Roots Canadian Team Canada gloves from Vancouver 2010. I know I've got yeah. those, but um, yeah, I know what yeah, Roots it's is. like the most you know famous apparel maker in Canada, and the fact that they put that in there, another great thing. So even though I hate the A comment, I like like that Rochester thing and everything because. He says, this is what Canadians look like. And they're just like, oh, okay. Because what Canadians' perception of the rest of the world is, is that the rest of the world's dumb enough to believe these things. And I do know of Canadians. This is no joke. And I'm not saying all Americans are dumb, but I'm saying well, <laughs> I know of Canadians that, <laughs> that have gone just as far south as like Minnesota or Illinois, which is like, within you know a day's drive from here. And they will talk to Americans and be like, oh, yeah, you know, we sleep in igloos. You know, we, we have it. It's insulated and we got heaters in there. And it's like, I take the dog side and Americans are like, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll buy it and Canadians mess with Americans. So that, I think, plays well to Canadians. Um, it's interesting. You said all that stuff about, like, the Canadian. That's kind of how Australia is, too, um, like, with perceptions. And we like to troll Americans as well because there are legitimately <laughs> Americans who think that we ride to work on kangaroos. So, um, there are people who have, like, made all these superimposed images of, like, people on kangaroos at the Sydney Opera House, and I know Americans who believe that to actually be true. Um, and then we have, like, the whole, um, the drop bear story, which is hilarious, because there's just this thing Australians do where we troll, not just Americans, just anyone, uh, where we go out into the bush and, like, I'll be careful for drop bears. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, these bears, they'll drop from a tree and they'll attack you. And it's kind of like, you know, people have, like, photoshopped these images of koalas, like, with vicious teeth and claws. And there's all, like, these signs, like, the Drop Bear Advisory Council of Australia. And it's just it's just hilarious. People have gone to so much effort to make this believable. So, you know, spoiler alert, they're not real. But um... think about how much fun we could have had in this episode instead of talking about the Santa Claus 3. If we just planned beforehand to confirm all these things are true and every American listening is like, I had no idea Canadians were so short. How tall are you, Colin? <laughs> There's, um, I need to find this article. There's like this, I think it's actually on the Australian Tourism website where they've got this page where it's like actual questions we get asked by Americans. And like, it's mm-hmm. legitimately like, oh, they're in Sydney and they're like, oh, yeah, um, I was hoping to go to Perth. How many, you know, could I just get there by nightfall? And that'd be like saying, like, oh, can I drive from Toronto to Vancouver in four hours or something like that? Like, they just, <laughs> they have no idea. Um, and just, just the so dumb questions. But I think I've mentioned this movie heaps of times. One of my favorite movies, like, is Canadian Bacon, where they have so many things in that movie where they're like just taking the piss out of Canada. Um, yeah. and just, just the way they do that. Like, I love that, that sequence in it when they've stolen that truck and they've written all over it, like, Canada sucks, like, fuck you, Canada. And then Dan Aykroyd pulls him over and he's like, we've got a problem with this truck. And like, oh, we're sorry, officer, officer. <laughs> 
Here in Canada, things have to be bilingual, so make sure that you put it in French too, that it's all like, let Canadians suck, and like, you know, just like, oh, it's so funny. I love it. Um, Anyway, Canadian bacon coming to 2018 in John Candy month. Um, We could do John Candy month. That'd be a fun month. Uh, All right. Fuck, yes. Cool runnings. We're about to do cool runnings. So, like, um, yeah, so really there is, like, nothing... All this stuff at the North Pole is pointless. We've just got grumpy Alan Arkin and Anne Margaret, who, like, even when she's grumpy, she's just delightful, is she not? She's such a smiley person, Anne Margaret. Um, delightful. Who's the gay one now? Um, <laughs> apparently people use that word are gay. That's offensive, Ben. Um, <laughs> if she's 12, that makes Charlie 21. Why is he getting permission to go snowboarding at Christmas? Like... <laughs> He's a 21-year-old man, and even if this is four years later, he's a 19-year-old man. Like, well, why is he getting well, permission from his dad? In defense, not defense, but um, I will say uh, Louisa's brother uh, lived at home for quite some time, and he was, like, about that age, 21, and uh, his mother was a controlling bitch. So, uh, yeah, he used to have to get permission for everything, too. So, I used to always be like, he's, he's 21, he's 21. This is Yeah, anyway, sorry. He's not even getting permission from the parents that they're raising. He's getting permission from his absent team father, who still only sees him one day a year. I mean, the only way I can explain this is, like, he always spends Christmas Eve with his dad, but you don't get permission. It's just, be a man, Charlie. Come on. This is the, the real issue with this movie is Charlie's not manning up. That's the real problem here. <laughs> yeah, Daniel's made um, him a little bitch. Yeah, exactly. This is what happens. He's just whipped. I mean, I we have real issues with Charlie here we need to address. Ooh, Charlie. When, uh, why do I keep forgetting your name? Juliet, um, Principal Newman, when she freaks out over the star breaking, that is pregnancy. <laughs> so, I mean, Jamie did have moments where just nothing happened. You talk about people crying over spilled milk. She would spill milk and then she would burst into tears. I don't know why that happened. I'm so Hey, happy. that's a sad thing. If that's the only milk you got left in the cart and you can't have a coffee, I'd cry over that. Well, pregnant woman's got lots more milk where that came from. Um, well, look, but... just pull out a boob and put something in the, yeah, true. Okay, <laughs> I told the subtle joke and you went too far. <laughs> Have you ever tried it? Have you ever tried breast milk? Be honest. No, 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 no. I will say, though, I'm not going to mention any... Well, not like they listen to the show anyways, but I do have a niece that, uh, you know, were, they were watching Casper and he had a bottle there and tried it and thought it was formula. Goes, hmm, it's not bad. And he goes, uh, that came out of my boob. <laughs> Kind of like, I remember like um, when, you know, mum and dad would look after my sister's, you know, babies and, you know, still technically one is a baby, but like she would like have to leave in the fridge, like obviously breast milk for Link, I guess, when he was growing up. And I'd always look at it and go, oh, that's so disgusting. Like, I'm not really grossed out by much, but I'd just stare at like this little container of milk knowing yeah. it came from my sister's boob and I'd just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fact that it ends in a hug, I don't know, in a way, it's kind of a nice ending, but is it a Santa Claus ending? Is it, you know, as big as what we've had so far? Uh, the fact is, it doesn't, the, the, the end of this movie does not come down to Scott Calvin. It does not come down to his family, his wife, his in-laws, uh, Curtis, or anybody. The hero of the movie is Lucy, and it's the fact that <laughs> she hugs. So, don't get what this is implying. Is she some type of magical creature? Like, did Laura and Neil, you know, have sex one day at the North Pole? Like, uh, you've never watched the show Doctor Who, but there's, like, a couple who travels with the Doctor, and they end up giving birth to somebody who has, like, time powers and stuff. And the idea is, it's like, well, we had our wedding night inside the TARDIS. So is this how she becomes a magical creature? Because, like, her hug can defrost Jack Frost. And here's the other big problem. If the whole idea of Jack Frost is that he brings in winter and cold weather and stuff like that, is winter forever gone? Like, are we going to have, you know, <laughs> ice caps melting around the world and winter is no more? Yeah, yeah, this is like preseason Game of Thrones and it's just winter's coming. We swear it'll be back one day. Uh, does Jack, does such Jack a Frost, disaster. is it like the same thing? So like if you push Jack Frost off your roof, do you then become Jack Frost? <laughs> like, is this what it's yeah, setting up? Well, there would have been a great twist to the ending. It's like, Lucy, you know what to do. And then she just pulls out a knife and stabs him through the heart. And she's the new Jack Frost. And she's like, I'll defrost you, Mom and Dad, in due time, you know? 
there are so many. We, we've, we basically spent 90 minutes here rewriting this movie. And it took us 90 minutes to come up with a better movie. And I think it would be better in every way, all the suggestions we gave. The critical consensus says, playing Jack Frost as an evil cross between Liza Minnelli and Liberace, Martin Shaw. See, Liberace, look, there you go. See, thank you. <laughs> it's not just me who sees it. Um, Martin Shaw. Well, Liza Minnelli likes, you know, uh, banging men too, so I guess we, we both of them speak to that. Bisexual. See? Bisexual. Um, <laughs> bisexual colonies when a person likes both men and women. I, um, I, yes, I get it. I've lived <laughs> with you for many years. <laughs> Wow. Um, Martin Short is a welcome presence, but this tired series continues drawing from its bag of bland gags and dumb slapstick. Uh, on Metacritic, the film has 32 out of 100. Uh, Erid D. Snyder, a reviewer, wrote that Alan did the Santa Claus the first time with enthusiasm, the second time with affection, and the third time with a paycheck. Uh, Kylie, that's so true. Kylie Smith wrote... Oh, the Kylie Smith. Uh, we're getting a turkey and a ham for the holidays. Santa's so dumb, he should be demoted to cleaning up after Jeffrey the Giraffe at Toys R Us. Uh, and Manhola Dargis, the Manhola Dargis... Manhola dis- Dargis. ...dismissed the film as squeaky clean, but you might die of boredom. Uh, <laughs> oh, Mark- you got to read the last one. Mark Modi of BBC Radio 5 Live, the cinematic equivalent of tertiary syphilis. Uh, <laughs> I, um... Yeah, I hope that made the DVD cover. The cinematic equivalent of tertiary syphilis. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. 